This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Emma Jane Purcell and welcome back to Fail Harder, the podcast that chats to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. Joining me on the podcast this week, I have the powerhouse that is singer-songwriter Lyra. One time I was doing one and a bloody Deliveroo driver came to the door that wasn't even for me. I was like, oh my God, will he stop knocking? I was like, who is that? I told everyone I'm doing a live concert on Zoom and they kept knocking and I went out and I was like, I just stopped and I was like, I'm really sorry, but there's someone at the door that won't stop knocking. And he was like, hello, Deliveroo. I was like, no, not for me. <laughs> no, go. <laughs> so like, I just wanted oh, to get geez. into the concert. <laughs> I was like, give your ticket the fiver. Having self-released her debut EP, Wild, Lyra caught the attention of people around the world with her song, Emerald, signing with Universal soon after. Since then, she has played sold-out headline shows, Electric Picnic, had her music featuring Grey's Anatomy and performed on U2's album, The Joshua Tree. In 2019, her song, Falling, was nominated for Single of the Year at the RTE Choice Awards. But Lyra is not here to talk about success, she's here to talk about failure. Lyra, you are so welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you're here. I am actually genuinely a fan. I remember when I first heard Emerald, I shazammed that song. You know, it was oh. one of those things that like, you know, you I, I heard it. I don't know, was it like on a show or it was on TV anyways. I was like, what is that song? And I shazammed it. And here you are now. Oh, I'm yeah. you on the podcast. I know, it's so cool. I'm so happy to be on it. But let me explain the format of the podcast before we begin. So I have 20 questions mm-hmm. in front of me, numbered at random. Most are straightforward. However, some are a little bit unconventional and in the spirit of failure and trying to assert control over what life throws at us, you can pick the numbers. <laughs> be good to me, numbers. Be good to me. I've no luck, by the way. So I bet I'm going to get all like the bloody like hard questions I'm (laughs) Um, going to start off with two this is actually such a good one to start on (laughs) did you ever fail anything in school um I failed maths and Irish at the start you know when you do like your mock like junior certs Mm -hmm. I failed them and my parents like, I think you should go down to pass. And I was like, cool, yeah, I'll go down to pass. I was like, <laughs> grand, fine by me. Still was borderline on like not getting there. And then thank God they jumped in with like grinds and everything and with French. Otherwise, I think those would have been my like three failing topics because I was shockingly shite at them, like mm. the worst in the class. Like my French teacher hated me just because I was so bad. She was just like, 
there's just no hope for you in this bloody class. <laughs> like she didn't actually say that to me. Like she can, she would have been bloody fired. But like I could tell that she was just like, oh, God bless this girl. She isn't a word French in her. So um, we're not an academic then. No, I'm not like I'm not going to lie. I'm bloody not. Just not that. <laughs> I was amazing. This is so random. I was bloody amazing at science. Really? Yes. I done biology for my leaving cert and biology and geography were my two highest grades. What is happening? Yeah, that's all right. Well, obviously, that's not including music because that's like a cheat subject. Well, obviously, yes. Obviously. So so were were you always then like going to go down the music path or were you like, I might give this science thing a go? I was never going to be Dexter's laboratory type of gal. No, never. I mean, no, no. The closest I've got to laboratory is being on, or like a hospital is being on Grey's Anatomy. That's about it. Like, that's where I go stopping. My, were- my dad was a biochemist. So okay. I suppose I just had kind of science in me and I loved it. Um, but I, I was never going to go there, ever. I was okay. always going to do music. Were you, were you like a good, you know, were you like well behaved in school? Uh, oh God, <laughs> I, I, I kind of was a bit of bored. Like if I liked my teacher, I was like so good, like butter wouldn't melt. Like music teacher bloody loved me because I could always be there and always have the homework done. I'd always be like ready to go. Science teacher loved me because I was the same. My geography teacher loved me. But then she was also the woman who was teaching me French. So in geography class, she loved me. And in French class, she fucking hated me. I was Mm. like, girl, you're bipolar. I'm the same person. I'm just shite at French and I'm really good at geography. Um, So, yeah, I was okay. My principal wasn't like a massive fan of me at times because like I'd always like try and I suppose test the boundaries where like one day I came in with like my hair massively curled. Mm. And like, I have straight hair. And she was like, keep that hairstyle for the weekend. And I was like, sweet, Nora, what kind of weekends do you be having if this is as exciting as it gets for the weekend for you? I don't Or like, I so ordered straight. the takeaway. Yeah, so straight. I'm like, girl, let your bloody hair down. It's okay. Like, live it's life. Absolutely outrageous. And I also think like all the subjects, like I actually still have dreams about my leaving search. Like I'll still have random dreams where I'll be like, <laughs> going in and I won't have like done anything <laughs> I look at that I I'm like what like, that was- why is he 101 101 it, it, it was so much as well because like obviously you're in school all day until whatever four o'clock and then they're like right do you know all of this homework and oh yeah you want to have a weekend it's like no literally no. exam papers it's it's actually so cruel I don't think I'd be able yeah. for it now I don't think I'd be able for it. If somebody said to me, I'll pay you to go back to school, I'd be like, no, I prefer to live on the street. I can't do it. I always wonder if I would, um, if I'd pass any of the subjects now. Do you think you would pass any of them if you had to do it again? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Even music? I wouldn't. I, oh, music, I'd pass. I'd be fine at that. I'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Actually, but there is like theory in music, which like I haven't practiced theory in years so like maybe I might fail that element of it but like everything else I'd be buddy flunky Mac Flonkerson I'd be down the swanny Mac Swan or I'd be gone <laughs> I always think it'd be the like, same for me as well yeah I'm like I'd, I'd hopefully pass English because I did a degree in drama but uh 
other than that, I don't think there's much that I get away. Yeah, I definitely failed the rest, I'd say. I'd be shite at English because like even when at English and you'd be like doing like withering heights or something and the teacher just wouldn't be bothered reading it. So she'd be like, we're all going to take turns reading and we're going to go around the room. And then we'll come to me and I'm like, oh, it's a bit of a coffer. Oh, I'm saving my voice. I'm in the musical. I hated reading for the class. I literally <laughs> get anxiety. I'm like, I can't read. I can't read. I can't read. Oh, I had such a bad mental block about They don't reading make people do class. that anymore. They don't make people do Thank that Thank God. Anymore. It's gone. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I'm so thick. I can't do this. So oh, were you God. always in the, the school musicals then? Always and forever. Same. Yeah, I was always in the musicals. I'd be like, I can't come to French. I have rehearsals. She'd be like, you're doing your bloody arse. You're in the bathroom pretending you're singing. I'm like, <laughs> OK, well, I'm going anyway. Bye. <laughs> what um, what musicals did you do? What roles did you play while you were there? I done Evita and I actually played Evita in the first <gasps> half when she was younger. And my sister played Evita in the second half when she was older. I'm bloody My parents like, win, win. <laughs> got to them in the play. Yeah, um, I know. I played Nancy and Oliver. Go I love that. I was like, go and steady yourself. I was like, yeah, I love that. <laughs> love it. Um, I was like, um, papa, um, papa. I bloody love myself. <laughs> the only thing about that which really annoyed me is one year they done Anastasia, but I couldn't do Anastasia because you can't do you. You can't really be in the musical if you're doing an exam. They say if you're an exam year. Yeah. So yeah. I couldn't do it that year. And like the Evita, um, the Anastasia costumes were amazing. And then I got to play Nancy. She didn't change bloody costumes. I won red red dress for the whole play. You I was red dress. Blotted. I was you, like, oh. radiant. You did gr- you did great parts though. I was always had to play the man because I went to an all girls <laughs> school. And every single year, I I was always, always cast as a man. I was like, oh, my God, oh, please no. let me have one of the lovely dresses. I played like Gaston and Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Buffalo Bill and like, what kind of a message are you trying to send me here? Do you know when you're like a 15 year old girl? Like, oh like this is not good for my confidence. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> right. Shall we move on to the next number? Okay, let's go for 15. Number 15. Okay. What was your biggest lockdown failure? Um, mine, easy, simple as pie. You couldn't do much in it because we were in lockdown. So the only thing that I really failed at was making that bloody Instagram banana bloody bread. I could not get the hang. Like, it's so easy. There's Roz and she's whipping them up like they're going out of bloody fashion. I know. And I made mine and I was like, I put it on Instagram and I was like hacking it with the biggest <laughs> knife I've ever seen in life. And one guy commented like, did you bake that in the freezer? I was like, yes, it looks like I did. Oh, yeah. shocker. Shocking. Yeah. You, do you ever, I absolutely love Roz, by the way, like I just love her. But do you ever wake up like you've had like a night out or you're, you know, just being like, a lazy person and you wake up and you look at your Instagram and it's like you know 10 a.m and Roz has hiked a mountain and she's cooked like bread and you're like I know how are you so productive like she's just She's like bloody wonder woman she is a wonder woman she's amazing I'm like I look at her I'm just like how 
how has she already done this? Like, I'm literally getting out of bed. <laughs> I know. I'm the same. I'm like, oh, my God. And you look so fine in all your hiking clothes. And I literally go hiking. I look like I've camel toe all yeah, the time. Yeah, I know. So same. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good look. How did you find lockdown generally? Because obviously you're a singer and that is your bread and butter. And that was, you know, gigs, live gigs. Everything was taken away. How did you find that time? I found it extremely hard at the start. Like, um, I suppose like everyone, you know, when we first went into it, nobody really knew what was going on. Like it was kind mm. of like, a, oh, OK, well, this is just like maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks, maybe four weeks. And then when it kept going on and it realized how severe it was and how dangerous the world was at the time, um, I really was down because I just come off my first headline Irish tour, which had sold out and I was packed out for a whole summer of festivals that I'd like mm-hmm. never done before and is really starting to kind of like make my mark as an artist and people know who I am and it was gone and I was I was gutted I was like you know things started getting cancelled one by one and there might be like a few left in a few months and you're like okay I'll focus on that that would be like the light in the tunnel for me and then like a few weeks later be like oh that's now cancelled oh that's not. and it just kept happening and I was like groundhog day and I was just like I at the start, mm-hmm. when I was like, I can't, not that I couldn't cope, that's dramatic. Like, there's way yeah. worse things in life. Like, I was still living, I didn't get COVID. I'm very grateful that, you know, I'm healthy and all that. But like, I was just in a bad place mentally. I was like, wow, is this me done? Am I, am I gone now? Like, mm. you know, you have to be very fresh off the bat in music. Like, you know, there's always somebody new who can sing, who can write songs, you know, that will take your place. That's just it. That's just our game. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people were doing a lot online and, you know, TikTok and stuff like that. And it was great because they were able to, like, get themselves out there. And, like, you know, people got signed off TikTok during lockdown, which is amazing for them. Like, being able to have that platform in such a pandemic that, you know, they lived their best life through it. That was great. But, like, I'm not that great at social media. So I felt like I'm going to get lost and yeah. I'm going to be forgotten and get taken over so yeah I, I struggled a lot at the start I was like oh what, what am I gonna do then I started doing some like zoom tours of like American stuff with Live Nation which was great and it kind of got me going like I got myself a little mixed test and I learned a few new things learned how to like produce at home on my own which is great it kind of like started lifting my spirits I was like okay look you're learning new things you're dealing with it you're still getting out there but you're trying to get my music through a zoom computer because my voice is so loud yeah, like you've it such really a, is. like it, it would feel like a, the concert hall like it's just yeah like I just can't it's, it's not a it's voice hard. that can be contained like it needs to be out yeah, there it's, oh. it's not like so, like it just wasn't put out there in its best light because the computer was bloody peaking. My neighbors were like banging on the door left, right, and center, <laughs> like, shut up. And I was like, oh, dear. one time I was doing one and a bloody delivery driver came to the door that wasn't even for me. I was like, oh my God, will he stop knocking? I was like, who is that? I've told everyone I'm doing a live concert on Zoom and they kept knocking. And I went out and I was like, I had to stop. And I was like, I'm really sorry, but there's someone at the door that won't stop knocking. And he was like, hello, delivery. I was like, no, not for me. No, go. <laughs> So like, I just wanted to oh, get into geez. the concert. <laughs> I was like, give your ticket the fiver. He had not that delivery bag. He was like, oh my God, this <laughs> let me in. 
Oh, it was so cringe. So that was my lockdown of love. Oh. I mean, that's so tough because the amount of work you put into like getting the music out there, building your yeah. name. And then, you know, when it's all taking off to have it taken away from you like that. Yeah. I can only imagine the fear. But I mean, it's come around like you seem to be everywhere at the moment. And you have a new single out, which is absolutely unreal, by the way. It's so good. Thank you. It is a bop. I know why I always do that movement when I sing it. Oh no, it is really like I'm like you do. Yeah, you want to do a bit of a like gaga dance. Like it's just yeah, it's class. It's class. Thank you very much. Thank (laughs) you. Seems to have really kind of like picked up. Is that how you're finding it? Yeah, definitely. Like I was like, I'm going balls to the wall once I'm out of this lockdown. There's no going to be no stopping me. I'm going. Mm -hmm. So like we're like. Lose My Mind was a great song to bring out after lockdown because it's fun and it's poppy and it's dancey and it's like, you know, things are starting to open, people are starting to go out again. So what better than to give them a, a bit more of a dance song, I suppose, to my other stuff that's like wailing, like, ah! Oh! So I was like, <laughs> let's let's go for it. Let's just go for something fun. So um, it, that was great. And then, you know, I suppose once people like knew, like, she's back, um, things really started picking up for me and Super. I'm just grateful that I haven't been forgotten so I, that would be my worst nightmare so you have not I'm just extremely grateful we will never forget you um, but did you write we we'll never forget you um did you write a lot of music in the lockdown then or because I know a lot of people especially I've chatted to you on this podcast are you know different artists or whatever and they're like I actually couldn't mm-hmm. write anything in the lockdown that they didn't have any sort of motivation to do anything yeah. or were you the opposite were you able to write new music at the start, I definitely was like, I couldn't write anything. I couldn't write a shopping estate if I tried. I was just like, oh, woe is me, help me. Um, it was pretty pathetic to myself. And I was just like, I was in the kind of frame of mind, which is like, I have so many songs and I can't even get them out there. So I'm not writing any more songs. I was like almost boycotting myself. I was like, what are you doing? This is your career. And I know, then yeah. I decided then around Christmas time, I was like, not only was I going to write a new Christmas song, but I was going to produce a Christmas album. So I went from like zero <laughs> to like a thousand and ten. I was like, I'm going to do this now. And then I wrote the Christmas album, The Magic of Christmas. I uh, produced the whole thing myself. And I was just like, that kind of got my mojo back. Yeah. And then I actually wrote the Riverdance song that's on the Riverdance animation. I wrote that during lockdown. So like a few bits I have written during lockdown, I've done a few Zoom sessions, but they kind of kill your soul because like you have to go off and record all your vocals at home, like on mm, your own. Yeah. And it's just like, you're not really vibing. Like I was totally. like, I just didn't vibe myself. I was like, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. Do you, I she so you... sent them, sent some vocals and they were like, you've actually recorded it through your Mac computer mic and like there's me with a massive mic set up like had bought the whole thing spent a fortune on it press record and it was still recording through my mac speaker and i sent the producer and he was like you have to redo the whole thing i was like oh mm. my god help me i know that has happened to me before the exact same thing with audio that i spent ages doing something and i had this mic here whole thing done took me ages and then i sent it away and they're like that doesn't sound like it's been recorded with a mic. And I was like, what? Oh, no. Yeah, and I hadn't put changed the system preferences. Oh, story <laughs> of my life, girl. Story of my life. 
isn't it just like your heart it's just you're just like I can't I can't so yeah, good like I can't do it again so Help you write more. with do you write with different people then usually or is, does it depend on the the song um I write a lot by myself like I'll mm-hmm. start a lot of my songs my ideas by myself and then like have a session with like I normally work with a producer and I'm like I have this idea it kind of goes like this and I'll wail down the phone to them and try to explain to them what I'm going for and they're like okay cool let's put a track together and then you know they'll do the track and then I'm like oh the verse then this is how it should go and so I do lots by myself and then producers come in or like I'll start as a producer and get the ball rolling. But it's normally just me and one other person. I've I mean, done the whole thing where like they flake you into room with like 16,000 people like that's how all the best pop songs are written. And I'm just like, shoot me. I oh. obviously want to write the best pop song then because this is giving me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I just that's just not my creative process. It's I'm very on my own, yeah. me, and then me and a producer. That's how everything works best for me anyway. Do you ever have like a song that you think is going to be the bee's knees and then it doesn't end up working out and one that you think isn't that great and then it's the best song ever? Does that happen to you? Yeah, there's one song that I've written and I'm not a fan. <laughs> and everyone I send it to is like, oh my God, I love that song. And like, it's not that they're even like trying to like lick my arse about mm-hmm. it. Like months later, they're like, I can't stop listening to that song you sent me. When's it coming out? And I'm like, never. I fucking hate it. Really? Like, what? And I'm yeah. like, I don't know why I cannot stand this one particular song. Yeah. And everyone's like obsessed with it. Even got invited to London to like one of Andrew Lloyd Webber's sons um, has like this music night where he'll bring creatives together to like perform these songs that they're wow. not using. That's, you know, people can take them or like, you can pitch them to people or whatever. Like it's had some like crazy big names, like people who've written like for Britney Spears, everything. It's amazing. Wow. And he invited me to sing that bloody song. And I'm like, what? <laughs> song? Yeah, that does happen. That's why I asked the question. I always find that there's something that you just don't think that that's great, but then other people really respond to it. It's hard though, if you're not that confident in your, confident in it yourself to be like, yeah, I'm going to put it there. Yeah. Mm. It's weird. And then there's another song that I'm obsessed with and no one seems to be bothered about it. I'm like, <laughs> cool, I'll just forget about that, shall I? Yeah, just... I poured my heart and soul into that one. <laughs> but that one into the <laughs> Right, should we move on to the next number? What would you like? Yeah. Uh... Let's go with Unlucky 13. Unlucky 13. Ooh, this is an unlucky one. <laughs> oh, shite. Okay, Lyra. Could you please try and spell the word? Oh no, not that. I hate spelling. <laughs> you did pick 13. <laughs> um, spell mischievous. I'm going to be so cringe when this comes out. <laughs> M-I-S. <laughs> I can't do it. I know I'm extra nervous. I'm like. No, but like everybody gets them wrong. Apart from like one person, I think so far. You. No. V-I-O-U-S. I don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> C-A-T. <laughs> okay. Um, how do you spell it? It looks like mischievous, but you pronounce it mischievous. So it's M-I-S. See, I'm even looking at it here because I'm not even sure. M-I-S-C-H-I-E-V-O-U-S. Yeah, mischievous. no. Yeah. 
well, pause. I didn't want that question. <laughs> next number. Like, yeah, Hopefully the next one will be a luckier number. What would you like? Um, let's go for blah, 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 six. Number six. Okay. Do you try to sugarcoat your failures? No. No. I really don't. No. I'm so hard on myself. I just don't. I just can't. I just mm. think, what's the point? If you failed, you failed. What's the point? And we're like, well, yeah, I failed, but I kind of did. It wasn't really my fault because it was this and it was that. Like, I just don't see the point. And that if I failed, I failed for a reason. And I, I will openly tell people. Yeah. Like the time that I done the RT orchestra for Christmas, the um Christmas ball in the three arena with the orchestra. And I started singing Mother and I was so bloody nervous. I completely messed up the timing and like, I could have continued, but I was like, I fucked it. And I literally stopped. And they said to me, don't curse, it's live on air. I stopped and I was like, sorry, guys, I fucked it. And they were like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not no curse. And then I just done it and I was like, oh, my God, this is just turning horrendous. And the whole orchestra behind me had to stop. And I was just like, I'm really sorry. I couldn't continue. That was so bad. I was so out of time. And I, I just think said, you're dead right, though. Entire audience. It was packed. It was sold out. I'd never played there before in my life. And I was just like, that's it. I have to tell them. No, you're dead. You're dead right. Because there's nothing worse than when you see someone and it's out of time. Like it happened to Dale, who's Adele on some. Yeah. Remember? And then what? that was a few years ago now. She got up and she was like out of time. Or was it that she was Was she doing the the tribute? It was something like that. A tribute. And the yeah, show. and then yeah. she went up and did it again, like at another event a few weeks later. But I always think, like, you're dead right to just stop and start again. I had to. I was like, I was like, this is Mart, and like, <laughs> I'm the only person that's going to look like a bloody wagon because the orchestra are playing perfectly in time. The flutes are fluting, the drums are drumming, and there's me like, ah. I was like, no. <laughs> you're dead right to stop and start again because like there's nobody ever going to not think you're a good singer so like you've already nailed the like being an unbelievable singer do you know what I mean so no one's gonna be like god she's terrible or whatever so you're better just be a start diva diva stopping the orchestra do you not have um an earpiece or did you not have an earpiece with no because actually you you don't use click when you're singing with an orchestra right okay you just have to go with it you just have to vibe it and I was like oh (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I can't. Because sometimes when I get nervous, my hearing is shocking. Like for a musician, that is like the worst thing ever. But sometimes when I get nervous, my hearing just like zones out. Like when I done my late late interviews for on the couch for the first time you know, a couple of weeks ago, and Ryan asked me a question. The first question I, I couldn't even hear what he said because I was so fucking nervous walking to the couch. I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> and they were like, What's happening here? And I was like, I'm sorry, when I get nervous, I go but deaf. And he's like, cool. Okay, I'll let's ask go again. again. <laughs> so do you get nervous oh. a lot? Would you get nervous a lot before performances? Yeah, mm-hmm. I brick my, like, I get so nervous because I just feel like, say if it's one of my own shows, like, I want people to enjoy it so much. And like, I'm always like, they've paid money to come see me. Like, I can't get it wrong or I can't be shit or, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself to give back as much as they've given me. So I builds it up and builds it up and builds it up so much in my head but once yeah. I get on stage and after that first song and like the reception of like people clapping I'm like okay look they're on your side yeah relax like or like if I'm supporting somebody I'm always going on stage and I'm thinking 
okay, these people haven't come for me. So I have to make sure that, you know, I try and win them over or that like they like me or that, you know, yeah. I'm good enough to be here. Or, like if Gavin James coming on next, I'm like, I can't be shit in front of him because I'd be mortified. Like, yeah. so I just, I kind of put a lot of pressure on myself before I go on stage. So then it gives me extra like nerve break. Yeah. I'm like, stop. Just Being nervous. It's out. a horrible, horrible feeling, isn't it? Like yeah. you have that feeling you're just like, why am I, why do I even do this? Yeah. You know, you're just like, I just don't know why I've put myself to this. And then it's always fine. Like it's always grand. It's always it's like the interview grand. before the late late. I was like, I don't think I want to sit on the couch. I don't want to sit on the couch. I'm not sitting on the couch. I'm not going to the couch. And they were like, you're going to the couch. They were like, this is like amazing for you. You're going to the couch. And I was yeah. like, I can't go to the couch. And then I went and I was like, because if I'd just been there all day, I was like, ah, blah, 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 blah. just blabbering <laughs> shite as if I was talking to my dad. And there's something and about like, the late, late as well as an Irish person. It's such a like, if you're on the late, late, you've made it. Do you know what it's like? Yeah, you know, everyone goes up watching the late late, and all the like amazing, yeah. you know, actors, singers, yeah. whoever are on it. So you can't, you can't not sit on that couch. You have to embrace well, it. I was so nervous that I'd curse because obviously you can <laughs> tell by now I can leave out a few S and Bs and stuff. And my manager was like, "Please, please don't curse, please don't curse." And I was there, and I was like, "Jesus, oh, so that's so hard like, to manage what you're saying." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Don't curse, don't curse, don't curse." Oh well, God, shocker. Must- you must be exhausted after you do shows, though, because as you said, you give it everything I got. You can definitely mm. tell that that like it's amazing because you do mm. expand so much energy and you give your audience so much. Like, are you shattered when you're finished or do you have an adrenaline yeah. buzz? Mm-hmm. I don't. I actually like I go on stage and like I turn into the Hulk. I like go crazy. I'm like my neck the veins are coming out my necks I'm like trying to sing so much and like I love to perform like I I say this at every show like I can't dance I openly will admit it but I love getting on stage like I like to dance to my songs like and Mm -hmm. and whether I look like a fool or not I just can't stop so like I'm there like dancing around the stage like a muppet and trying to sing these like they're quite belty songs and the choruses are always quite big yeah so it's like um when I come off stage then for about an hour I'm like buzzing I'm like oh my god I can't believe it and after that, I'm like bang I need yeah. to go to bed I'm wrecked no and everyone's party. like wrestle party party and I swear to god I could drink like 15 bottles of wine and I'd still be as sober as a judge that just I just can't get there because I'm really? so tired yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say that now, you'll see me after the New Year's thing. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, liar. <laughs> Phoning It In is back. Hello, my name is Dave Coffey and I'm the host of Phoning It In, the hilarious improvised phone-in show. Think Joe Duffy meets your favourite Irish comedians. Our first episode back is already out and features the young hot guys, Tony Cantwell, Shane Danburn and Killian Sunderman. This season, we'll also have lots of bonus material available on Headstuff Plus, including new improv-style games with all your favourite guests. Phoning It In is available every fortnight wherever you get your podcasts and on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. Such a liar. <laughs> how did you what get, is- how did you get, like, how did it all take off for you then? You know, did you leave school and start trying it straight away like trying to be a singer or was it kind of like a 
a slower journey for you? Like when when did it kind of start? Yeah, it was definitely a slower journey. Like I, you know, was raised in a family of very good singers. So I never was like, would ever go around blowing my own trumpet being like, oh, I'm amazing at singing, by the way. Because like mm-hmm. everyone could sing. Like one of my friends, anytime we've, uh, you know, session gaff, she always starts singing and I'm like, oh, Marie, your voice is, I love her voice. I think it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. She doesn't think she can sing, but it's gorgeous. Um, <clears throat> So I, it was only like, Afterwards, when I first started writing songs and like that, I decided, oh, I could do this because I can sing, but I can also write music. And, you know, Emerald was the first song that I actually wrote by myself. And I wrote about my nan because, you know, she was old and she was ill. And I wanted to kind of show her that, like, there was a different side to my music rather than just the singing because she was very worried about me being in the music industry Mm. because sure as we all know like she was like there's no money in it yeah like you know how are you going to live on that or like it's so fickle blah, 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 which are all true things and true comments um so I kind of wanted to show her that I didn't just like sing everyone else's songs I was singing my yeah. own songs and it's only kind of when I done that that I was like this is it yeah. and I actually put Emerald up randomly on SoundCloud and I just wanted to see would it get any hits or like, you know, would people comment on it? And then it actually got picked up and I got loads of emails from record labels in England wow. and I had no management, I had nothing. And they were like, come in, let's talk about things, blah, blah. So I did. And I went in by myself and kind of like winging it. Like I didn't have a bloody clue. Like I had written a few more songs after that. Yeah. And I played them to him. And now I'm like, Jesus Christ, why did you play those bloody demos? They were sh- shocking. <laughs> But anyway, they loved it and they were like, oh, this is amazing. But it just at that point, my life wasn't clicking fully. My nan was sick. I wanted to spend some time with her. I didn't want to give that up for anything. Yeah, I didn't want to give it up for my career, basically. Um, And, you know, some people do say a lot of things and not do a lot of things. I couldn't ever forgive myself if I if I let myself believe what they were saying and went for it and missed out on like my nan's last few months, mm-hmm. I would have never forgiven myself. So I was like, stand back, I'm moving home to Ireland. I'm going to look after my nan. And uh, if they want me when I come back, then they want me. Yeah. And then I actually spent a lot of time just discovering myself as an artist, the sound I want to have, the person I want to be. Like they wanted to me to be something very different than what I am. Like, Really, you know, they were commenting on on my diction a lot uh, about my pronunciation of ths in the songs and like <laughs> about my look and stuff like that. And I just took time out and I was just like, I can't be bloody anything else. I can't pronounce my ths and I like sounding loud when I sing and I I love my voice like this. It, they didn't like it, and um, that's fine. Like you can't bloody please everyone. Like that's grand. Yeah. That's it's a few people in in the world like not in the world but like a few people in the industry so I think that's I, that's, um, I think that's incredible though because so many people trying to break into the music industry I think would be so impressionable especially early on mm. in your career yeah. like that if you were told something by you know someone who's quite high up with a lot of power it might be very easy to be like oh okay you know I'll you know do what you're asking but 
it's yeah. probably why you're doing so well now that you're just like no this is who I am this is what I do yeah. this is what I like and that now has stood to you rather than yeah. trying to pretend to be this whole other person yeah like I probably would have got there a lot fucking quicker if I did but <laughs> I would have been a lot unhappier and like I I probably would have been dropped by now because I wouldn't have been able to keep it up yeah you know I, I wouldn't have been able to keep that journey and that story going because it wasn't me so I would have given up because I just couldn't do it or I would have given up because I would have been so unhappy yeah so it was like do you want to go and and make it fast but not do it the way you want to do it or do you want to take your time and if it happens it happens and if it does you'll be an extremely happy artist and if it if it doesn't then you fucking tried but you tried your way yeah. and that's what I done and it was a gamble and it has worked out for me which I'm very grateful for because I know it doesn't for everyone and you know I know some people think like oh she's just come out of nowhere like I fucking slaved my arse off I worked yeah. myself to death to pay for my first EP that I bought out for by myself and I've learned a lot so I'm just going to keep going until somebody tells me back yeah. off <laughs> and then I'm how- still going to keep going <laughs> and then I'll still go how do you find like the music industry now do you find like that life now that you are a singer and you have a name is it at all a bit strange do you know do you get recognized I do yeah but I actually like I'm at the point now right I think it's cool I'm like oh people are asking for photos this is so cool like because <laughs> I'm like I don't know I'm just such a plain Jane I just I I kind of forget if you know what yeah. I mean like you know I went, I was in London the other day and one of my friends was starting for a Harlequins game and I was just like, oh, I'm going to go up and see the game. And there was a girl there and she was just like freaking out that I was there. And I was just like, oh my God, this is... And I couldn't stop laughing because I was like so nervous and I didn't know what to do. And I was like, what do I do here? Like, and let's then, be best friends. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm mortal. I don't know what to do. Like, I didn't know how to respond mm. to because I'm just... I don't think of myself as that to other people, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. So I, I think it's great. And like I sat down with her and chatted to her during the game and took a selfie with her for her mom and stuff like that. And that's just like normal. Ah. I'm just I'm just going to be so normal about it. And you said earlier. I just find you... it weird. I don't even know how even to, to explain it because I'm just so fucking. I suppose it's nice <laughs> now at the point that like you have, as you said, you've slogged and now you're kind of, you know, it's it's working out and it's going well. And I suppose yeah. it's nice to have a bit of recognition. You know, we want people to listen and to like your music. It's a good thing. Yeah, and it's cool to get recognized because then you're like, oh, people are actually looking at me. Yeah. You know, like rather than like not getting recognized and you're kind of like, are people actually listening? And like, mm. you know, it's just like, OK, yeah. People are listening to me. People are taking interest. People are recognizing me. People are taking note of me as an artist. You know, it's not, it's, it is really nice. You're yeah. like, oh, wow, cool. Mm-hmm. That's happening. When you were saying earlier that you'd struggle with social media. Is that like something that you, are you trying to be better at it? Or like, it's, it's a hard one. I've chatted to this with a lot of guests in the podcast because you have a lot of people who are naturally artists aren't really naturally influencers they don't really like yeah. that part of it how do you find it um like it's great to be able to get yourself across as an artist like you know get people to see my music video or get people mm. to you know let them know that things are coming up you know it's 
you know, social media is all around the world. So I can be like, oh, hey, guys, not that I am. I'm not there. But like, I'm going off to America to do some gigs or like, hey, guys, I'm going to Sydney to do some gigs. And like, you can tell people by that. So I think it's good that way. But like, I'm just shocking at it because I don't know what people want to see from me. Like, I don't know. I don't know what how to be anything but me mm. who sits at home writing songs and then me who gets on stage and sings my songs. Yeah. Like that's that's who I know how to be. And that's where I'm very comfortable and, you know, where I'm very professional at because that is my passion. But I don't know how to get myself across on social media because it's just, it's not my passion. And it's, uh, yeah, sometimes totally. I just get mortified and I'm like, People don't give a fuck what I eat for my breakfast. People don't fucking care what what I'm doing. Like they just yeah. want my music, so that's what I try and stick at. So I do need one. to get better at it because I do want people to know me as well as a person, which is great yeah. that you know we can have the chats and stuff. Because like some people probably look at my Instagram and be like, "Oh, she looks up her own arse." <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I'm not. But uh, just do I, more podcasts. Those are podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Shall we move on to the next number? What would you like? Yeah. Let's go for blah, blah. Okay. Let's go for number one. Number one. Okay. Who do you go to when you failed? My family. Your family. Massively. They're yeah. the only people I really go to, to put on a subject. Because just because they know me inside out. Um, and they know like each one of them knows how to react to me with different situations. Um, my sister, I could go to for anything because yeah. we're like best friends. Like we are like body and tight. I love her to death. <laughs> like she is my one. And is she I love a musician her. as well? No, she's no. not. Oh. She's like, she was in TV. So like she is still artistic, but she's just had twins and a two-year-old so now she's full-time mom wow which is like the Isn't coolest me? slash hardest job ever mm-hmm. <laughs> um so I could go to her with anything after failing anything um my dad is very logical so like if I've things actually when I went through like my breakup a couple of years ago I actually basically went through the whole thing with my dad Oh. which I thought it would be my mom, but it was my dad because he was so logical thinking about everything that I needed that because I yeah. was so emotional. I needed the opposite to me. Yeah. Whereas my mom is very like me and she's very emotional. So like if I want to ring, if I fail at something and I just need somebody to vent to and have a good bitch about, I just ring my mom and we're both like, each other on FaceTime with a glass of wine like, I can't believe he said that. Yeah. Like, she's great for those then as well. And then mm-hmm. I have my my brother who like, I go to him if I fail to something, but maybe it's like not as serious. And I just need somebody to tell me to fucking get over it and give me a good laugh and be like, yeah. pick my kind, pick myself back up and give me a boost in confidence and then like make me laugh my arse off. So they're like different roles that my family give me. So I know who to go to for, each separate failure in my life. You, you kind of go to who you you do usually. Well, okay, no, I'm not saying you. Like I would usually go. I think like subconsciously to the person I'm going to get the reaction I want back. Yeah, you know no, that kind of way. Yeah, <laughs> you're like I want advice, but I really want this answer, so I'm going to ask this person because they'll definitely yeah. tell me to do this thing. 
Totally. So I don't really and want I'm the like, advice. Maybe he just doesn't love you anymore. I'm hanging up now, mom. I'm hanging <laughs> up. Dad, dad, dad. I'm like, don't say that to me. Don't do that to me. And you see much of your family now that you're, you know, yeah. away a lot. Yeah, you'd still be. I do. I try and come home as much as I can. Like, like I do a lot in Ireland. Like most of my shows and everything, like my headline shows are all Irish based. Like, you mm-hmm. know, all my PR is Irish based. So like I'm in and out like a bloody yo-yo. Um, I only come over to England really to write, go into the studio because I have a few um, producers here that I've made really good connections with that I just love to work with them. So I'm kind of keeping that relationship going. Other than that, like I'm at home, like during lockdown, when I knew it was getting really serious, I went home. Yeah. And that we babies in the family. I'm constantly like anytime I can get, I'm like, I'm going home. I need a hug. All those (laughs) pee heads. I just love the smell of their little pee heads. And they're so fat and cudgy. And I'm like, I love you. Is your base in Nanny McPhee? (laughs) Is your base in, in Dublin or Cork? Cork. Or maybe, oh, Cork. Yeah. Okay. It's either the Hard Rock in Dublin or my mom's in Cork are here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we have time for one last question. Ten. Number ten. Is there something you fail at regularly? Yeah, actually, I do. I fail at being kind to myself a lot. Okay. Tell me about um, that. That's a massive failure of mine and something that I'm really, really trying to work on. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really bad at like <clears throat> body shaming myself, being really hard on myself when I get off stage, being really hard on myself when I see photos from photo shoots. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really, really hard on myself. And it's something I'm really trying to work on because if I don't, I'll never get anything out like because I'm I'm like even like getting mixes back. I'm like, oh, I hate my vocals there. Oh, my yeah. vocals sound shocking there. And they're like, your vocals don't sound shocking. I'm like, oh, I want to redo that. And there's like, you they're they're fine. Like honestly, they're grand. Or like I'll get off stage and I'll watch people's like Instagrams back, and I'm just like, oh god, that's such a bum note. Oh Jesus Christ, I'm so out of breath there. Or, I'm so bad at it. Yeah. Like, I can't post that photo because I look shit or I have a double chin or I have this. And I'm I'm just bad. And I'm just like, stop. Yeah. Like I'm the, I'm the exact stop. same. I know. I'm listening to you and I'm like, I know I do the exact same thing. And yeah. my boyfriend says to me, I'll be like, oh, I'm just so bad at this. And he's like, what are you talking about? You know, like where? Yeah. And because and mm-hmm. you come across as really confident. And mm. I would as well, if I go and I meet people, I'm, you know, really chatty and I'll chat away to people. And I am for the most part. But then, yeah, there's that kind of like inner critic when you leave and you're like, oh, yeah. why, why did I do that? I don't yeah, know what yeah. it is. Where do, where do I we don't know it from? Is. It I don't woman? know. And it's like, it's really bad. Like it's really bad. I was way worse before. Like this year, I have really worked on it and I've, I've definitely got better. Yeah, but like I have still have a long road to go. Like I need to, like even to the point where like, you know, a couple of Christmases ago I went on the Christmas morning swim, and I was wearing my mom's red swimsuit from bloody Duns, I think it was or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I was at the Christmas swim. Who gives a shite what I look like? Yeah, and I ran in and I ran back, and this photographer was taking photos of me. And next minute, my mom was like, "Oh my gosh, you're in the you're at the front of." It's like one of the Irish newspapers anyway really? and I I now now will not go back and do the swim in case somebody takes a photo of me in a bikini in a swimsuit and I'm like 
stop. Like, go and do it. It doesn't matter. Just fucking get over yourself. Nobody cares. Like, mm. and I shouldn't care. And I should just love my body because it's working. I'm living, I'm breathing. And, and you I'm, are I'm really fabulous. <laughs> you are. Thank you. Fab. But like, that's, yeah, no, that's, it's really shitty though that there's someone there taking pictures, you know, like, because you just, it's Christmas day and you want to, you know, be in peace, that that is annoying that that, that like, yeah, that that is a worry that that might happen, that you might end up on the front of a newspaper, like liar I was, a Christmas day swim. If I was nice to myself, I'd be like, cool, it's red swimsuit, it's Christmas morning, you're mm-hmm. having great fun, blah, blah, rather than looking at it with, with this hate for myself. Like, why? Yeah. I should love myself because I, I need to, because yeah. it's a hard enough industry to be in where you get bashed by people that don't even bloody know you. So then I know myself. So why won't I love myself? It's yeah. just, it's, it's just hard. And that's a massive failure of mine in life. Mm-hmm. That, and what are you, what are you doing to try and um, combat that? Like, what, how are you trying to get better? Are you, is there anything in particular that you're doing? I'm just trying to normalize things. Like I mm-hmm. used to be very embarrassed of like, I've cellulite all up the back of my legs and on my bum. And I'm, I'm just trying to normalize that that's okay. it's fine you don't have to hide it anymore and like I've started to wear skirts just to be like yeah so what like and Mm -hmm. it's just small things like that point like not making the decision to cover it up because I'm embarrassed by it but like letting it out and being confident showing people and then once I go out and you know nobody's going to say anything to me about it because it's normal I'm like okay yeah. This is cool. And people will this always respond when you when you do things like that. And when you're like, you know, here's my cellulite, here's whatever, here are my flaws, here are my failures. People really like that actually. Like they really respond yeah. to that because they're like, oh, me too. You know, it's really nice to see you yeah. know you being so open about something. Um yeah. It all ultimately kind of has a better knock-on effect in every way. Yeah. And like things like when I get my photos back now, I'm like. You know, normally I wouldn't pick any photos where I'm like laughing or smiling because I'm not a fan of my teeth because I just I'm not. Mm. And now I'm like, no, I am going to pick that photo. Yeah. I Like my, my teeth are like this, but they're going to be like that. And I'm just trying to make those decisions so that in in my in my own self, I'm normalizing what I don't like about myself because there's nothing not to like about it. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So that's that's how I'm doing it at the moment. Anyway. Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been thank you so enjoyable. I've actually loved so much chatting to you. This has been I know, I don't want to so go. Nice. I know. <laughs> I just want to be mates now. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Fail Harder. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you like the podcast, it would be so helpful if you could subscribe to it, rate and review it, share it on social media or with a friend. One or all of these things is so appreciated. Thank you. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.